What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games, because I love it when a plan comes together. Okay, so I'm back after my most recent session of Wrath of the Righteous, and that's pretty much what this episode's going to be. I don't think I have any calls, um, but yeah, so that's it was an awesome session, really cool stuff happened, and I want to talk about it. So, let's talk about it. Okay, take two, let's try this again. I, I started recording this yesterday which at time of recording was right after the session of Wrath of the Righteous. But for some reason, I was just so damn tired, man. I ended up falling asleep at like 8.30 on a Saturday night. And I know how pathetic that sounds. But yeah, man, I don't know. I was just crazy tired. I thought I slept pretty well, but I guess not. So here we go. It's now like 6 o'clock in the morning the, the following day. And it was an awesome, awesome session. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was really good. There was a lot of role playing. Uh, the character, the players were really getting into some good role playing stuff. So when we last left our heroes, they had just defeated a few vulture demons that were performing a ritual that would have allowed those demons to turn a human into a demon. Uh, instead of the normal process of becoming a demon, which is basically being a shitty person and then dying. <laughs> so now this one particular demon had uncovered this ancient ritual that would have allowed demons to turn people into demons. And so the party killed that demon. But in the process, the the victim, this woman, was strapped to a, you know, a stone table and there was all sorts of energy hitting her and during the fight she took a bunch of damage and was she dead was she alive we're gonna have to find that out so at the start of this session i rolled some dice as the party was around this uh this poor victim rolled some dice and yeah she died and so i was like what do you do and subin the healer came through using one of his abilities we haven't seen very much but because he's a mythic healer he has the ability to heal the dead and so he expended some mythic power boom brought this woman back to life like some sort of holy uh what are those machines called when you shock the chest and it brings them back uh, when someone's unconscious, you clear and you shock their chair. It was like that, but with holy energy. Brought her back to life. Her name is Nika. She is a soldier. Uh, the Fort of Dresden had sent out a forward force to set up in a location that the party had already cleared out. And this woman was part of an exped- expedition troop, an exploratory troop to go you know, start scouting out the world wound. And while her troop, her squad was out on patrol, they got jumped by a bunch of demons. Everyone else was killed except for her. Now the party has to figure out what do we do with her? You know, she's got what, like 30, 40 hit points. She can't come with us, but we can't leave her alone. What do we do? And so she's like, 
yeah, I, I want to go. I'll come with you guys. How about this? I'll I'll hang out and watch watch the the dogs or not the dogs the mule because there is a donkey that travels with the party. His name is Rufus, um, and so the party finally, after a little bit of debate on what to do with this poor woman, because she's got no weapons, she's got no armor, she's days away from where she was uh, stationed. And in a terribly dangerous environment. So the party was like, okay, you can come with us, but you can't come inside with us. We're going to find a place for you to hide. You can watch Rufus the donkey. And that's, that's what we're going to do. They gave her some armor from party treasure that they have in their bag of holding. They gave her like a breastplate and a magic battle axe. And we're like, okay, you just good luck. Good luck, Nika. Um, so yeah, that, that was interesting. Cause I, I figured I was like, okay, I'm going to throw this lady in here. I'm going to roll some dice. She'll live or die. The party can do what they want to do when that happens. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Cause I knew I was like, they're going to have her stuck with them. What are they going to do? And so that was interesting for me to watch how they wanted to play that out. Um, but yeah, so after that got all done, the party, uh, started they're they're only like a day and a half travel away from the ivory sanctum where they need to go and so they set out they spend one night they camp out i have a cool camping map and there was some really good role playing sitting around the fire uh just hanging out and talking the next morning the party heads out they roll a random encounter check to get into the new hex nothing happens as they're so close. They're so very close. As they get into the hex that has the ivory sanctum, they roll their last check for random encounters, and of course they hit one. <laughs> of course they do. So the party, uh, basically, they, they, they spy a squad of Templars, uh, cultists, and magic users of the bad guys that are coming through the forest. Uh, so the party lays an ambush for them. They they handily defeat that it's that group. It's not a big issue, and so now the party they do they do take some of their uniforms though just in case. Um, so now the party goes to the ivory sanctum, and they come up with an amazing plan. They had actually come up with it the session before, but I was curious to see because sometimes when you're playing every other week. Plans that get made in the previous session get forgotten or ignored or whatever. So I was curious to see if they were going to stick with their plan. And they did. And it was an amazing plan. It was such a good plan. So what the party did was they used a, a magic wand to cast non-detection on everyone. And non-detection just makes it really hard for you to get scryed whoever's trying to scry you has to it, it's it's a lot tougher to get scryed with non-detection on so they cast non-detection on themselves everybody drinks a potion of invisibility uh except for Nyx, the bard she casts invisibility herself um and so and she Nyx also activates her scale of sea invisibility that they got way, way back in the very beginning of book one. It's always nice to see as a dungeon master. It's always nice to see magic items that were 
you know, uncovered, given or whatever way back in the beginning of a campaign, get used later on in a campaign. It made me happy to see that. So now Nix can see everybody. They all get together. They link hands. Nick Nix uses a scroll of dimension door. And their their plan is now that they're invisible, they're gonna dimension door inside of the Ivory Sanctum. So I said, okay. Uh, th- they have the map. It's all blacked out, right? They're basically looking at a little canyon area that the party's in and a bunch of just blackness. Cause, you know, with fog of war, it's just a completely black map. And I said, use the measuring tool. Here's how many feet you get. Tell me where you want to go, you know, and with dimension door, if you get, if you, dimension door yourself into solid objects you get ported around randomly so i was like well we'll, let's see so using the measuring tool on roll 20 they measured it out and said okay we want to go right here and i was like right there they're like yeah we want to go right there not being able to see at all right and i was like okay That's where we're going to go. So basically, the party teleports right into the middle of this workshop that's full of these magic users that are crafting magic weapons and magical uh, magical implements for the bad guys. But remember, the party is totally invisible still. And it's loud in this workshop. And obviously, these evil magic-using cultists don't know that the party just arrived. So... Party's like, sweet, let's do it. Um, everyone in the party, they get, they all get a free attack. They they launch their surprise attack. Not all of the magic using cultists get killed in that surprise attack. So okay, let's roll initiative. Because once you make an attack, that breaks invisibility. So now the party's totally visible. Let's roll initiative. The evil cultists win initiative, and that's bad news for the party um, because now they can run away and yell, hey, we're being attacked. So a couple of the players use their mythic surge to boost up their initiative. So now Haven the Paladin and Subin the Healer are both going before the cultists, so that helps a little bit. They manage to get two of the cultists killed now before the cultists get to go, but... When the cultist turns comes, when the to- cultist's turn comes up, one of them is able to open the door and yell, "We're we've been infiltrated!" Before Randor is able to grab him, cover up his mouth, and pull him back in and close the door. So that's where the session ended. Did anybody hear them? Well, no. So before that, before <laughs> before the door was closed, Nix the Bard comes out and used ghost sound. To make a big monster roar appear down the hallway like the in the other direction. So then the door was closed and that's where the session ended. And I was like, whew, I'm glad I got two weeks, man. (laughs) I got a lot of stuff I got to do. I got a bunch of rolls, perception checks, all sorts of saving throws to make for ghosts. All kinds of stuff. I got to, I really got to get going. But it was such... Such a great plan. It made me as a dungeon master, as a game master, whatever you want to call it, made me really, really happy. Uh, it was just cool to see the party be like, yeah, we, we're not just going to kick down the front door. We're actually going to do something different this time. And I was like, fucking A, man, that's awesome. 
uh, put me in a scramble, right? Because now I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> this is where the party is. Now I got to, you know, I got to figure out a bunch of stuff. But that's that's what it's all about, right? And again, that's why I'm glad I now have two weeks. <laughs> I mean, if I just had it a week, that'd be fine. You know, if we were playing an eight-hour session and that happened in the middle of the session, it'd be like, okay, let's do it. But shit, man, this I wish we were playing in per we talked about that again, just uh, about how much fun it'd be to all play in person. So, you know, RichterCon 2020X is right around the proverbial corner. We'll get together someday soon. But yeah, that was the session. It was awesome. It was super fun. Lots of role playing, lots of action, a really amazing plan that actually worked out like 99% of the plan worked out perfectly. The only thing that didn't work out perfectly was because of the dice, because of, of the randomness of dice. And that's another example of why I hate fudging dice, why I hate lying about my dice rolls or anyone lying about their dice rolls, because now the the plan didn't work out perfectly, right? One of the cultists got out, opened the door and yelled, how much is that going to affect things? That's the cool stuff, right? That's because the dice said this cultist gets away. And I wasn't like, oh, yeah, no, you guys get away perfect. It, it um, Fudging is cheating. If it's not cheating, it's lying. So don't do it. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I just brought that up because that conversation is going on on Twitter again right now. But yeah, all right, let me get out of here. This is long enough. Yeah, that was a longer recap than I thought, but hopefully it was interesting because the session was really fun. Um, yeah, anyway, what else do I want to say before I go? I just want to give a shout out. I might have already done it before for a YouTube channel called Fall of Civilization. It's an amazing, amazing channel. And the reason it's on my mind right now is because I recently watched... Uh, the guy's episode on the Assyrian Empire. And it was it was a beast, right? It was a three-hour-long episode. All of the episodes on Fall of Civilization are multiple hours long. And what it is is he does deep dives on ancient cultures, ancient civilizations that are no longer around. And it's, it's just fascinating. Or not that they're no longer around, but, you know, are obviously not at the height of their power anymore. And so I watched the episode on the Assyrian Empire, and it it was amazing. It the whole thing is just full of adventure hooks. That whole empire is a goddamn fantasy world setting. If you just throw some magic in it, the Assyrian Empire is a bloodthirsty, vicious, vicious empire, man. Um, but the people they didn't know that, like the day to day lives. They were all cool, but the, you know, the rulers, if you messed around, they'd take your eyes out with, like, burning pokers and stuff. Uh, there was a king in the late Assyrian reign, late in the empire, before it collapsed, who was very paranoid. Uh, they think he might have been the first case, uh, the first recorded case of clinical depression, 
based on all the notes that he left about what he was feeling and stuff. So that's interesting. But what he would do, because he got so paranoid, he felt that he was collecting a bunch of bad energy, that people were focusing bad energy at the king. So this king, three different times during his reign, would run a, run a thing, a ritual called the substitute king. And so a commoner would be selected every whenever whenever this king would do this they'd select a commoner to become <clears throat> the king quote unquote and the real king would leave for a hundred days and during that hundred days this commoner would live in the palace wear all the king's clothes eat all the king's food wear the crown live the life of a king for a hundred days then the real king would come back and then the commoner would get killed They'd execute the commoner because the commoner had absorbed all the evil energy. And if that's, like I said, on Discord, but not everybody's on Discord. If that's not a hook for an RPG adventure, I don't know what is. It, you know, like, the first time that ritual happens, the commoner that gets selected is like, this is the best, man. This is awesome. I'm living the life. I don't know that I'm going to be murdered, so I'm stoked. And then I get murdered to death. But... <laughs> You know, the second or third time, and if you're playing it in a fantasy adventure, it could happen every year the king could do this, or every five years or something. So the the townsfolk know about it, and so I don't. There's just so much you could do there. The entire Assyrian Empire is just a wide open fantasy adventure, and it's awesome. And that's why I love that channel, Fall of Civilizations. I know they're really really long videos, but they are absolutely worth it dude does some serious deep 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 research he's got if there are ancient texts from that time he's got all sorts of quotes like in the assyrian one because the assyrians wrote on clay tablets so there's a boatload of writings we have from back in that time which <clears throat> range from about i don't know 2500 ish bc uh so you know about 45 100 years ago 4,500 years ago up into about four or 500 BC so they were around for a long goddamn time man they survived the Bronze Age collapse better than most of the people in that region interesting interesting stuff uh, yeah that's it man. that's it I think tonight uh, I'm getting together with my buddy Jason to make some characters for Night of the Ninja. Got to make a new Night of the Ninja character. So that should be fun. And yeah, that's it, folks. I'm going to get out of here. I hope everybody out there is doing well. Take care of yourselves. Take care of somebody else. And until next time, peace out.